0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The Lord Jesus declared in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall by no means walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What is it to walk in darkness? We all likely have our own set of mental images that are initiated by such a question. But the darkness that may be blinding us today may not be so obviously evil or sinister as you might think. Colossians reveals that anything, even any good thing, that occupies us that is not Christ himself, is likely an instrument of the authority of darkness. Ron Kangas has joined us today as we continue to explore Colossians chapter 1. Ron, thank you for coming again.
1: Thank you for inviting me to participate in this particular program. By the Lord's mercy, I do have a definite feeling, even a burden concerning this, so I'm happy, Chris, to fellowship with you concerning uh, this vital matter. Ron, we've been looking at this
0: chapter particularly today, verse 13, because this verse gives us the background of the book. Before we go on, let's take one more look at the background of the situation in this church in Colossae and any parallels that exist today. Verse 13 says, Who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Darkness, Ron, of course, was a dominant factor in the background of the entire New Testament, not just in Colossians. The Lord Jesus mentioned darkness many times in the Gospels. In John twelve forty six, he said, I am come, a light into the world, that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. But I think what's interesting about the authority of darkness mentioned in Colossians are the kind of things that Paul specifically referred to as being components of this darkness because they're things that are not that obvious in terms of being related to darkness not evil typically the kind of things we associate with darkness are they
1: no we need a renewed understanding of this expression the authority of darkness as employed by Paul in Colossians uh, of course the authority of darkness is the realm where satan rules mm-hmm and all manner of evil things are involved in the satanic realm. So there is no question that the authority of darkness has to do with the rule of Satan and is related to the kingdom of Satan. Our problem is that we may assume that in Colossians, the expression the authority of darkness refers only to obviously evil things, demonic, satanic, devilish things that would subjugate and imprison us. But this is too narrow an understanding. And actually, if we bring in this narrow understanding to Colossians, we will miss the point. And I mean really miss the whole point that is being made here. Colossians is a book that reveals in the highest way the all-inclusiveness of Christ, the centrality and universality of Christ in God's economy. This is the foundational thought. More particularly, Colossians reveals that in God's economy, Christ is the reality of every positive thing. Christ is all things. The authority of darkness, then, in its particular application in this epistle, refers to anything that is not Christ and that controls our being instead of God's direct rule in Christ. Authority has to do with control, and to be under the authority of darkness is to be controlled by darkness. According to the context of the book of Colossians, what are some of the aspects of this authority of darkness? Philosophy is one. Asceticism is another one. A certain kind of self-imposed humility is yet another There's a form of religious mysticism that was advocated here. Then speaking more broadly, any element of culture that infiltrates the church and replaces Christ is an aspect of the authority of darkness. If we go even deeper, we may say, according to the revelation in the Word, that any control that has its source in the self is the authority of darkness controlling us. The self replaces Christ. That's why the Lord said if we would follow him, we have to deny the self. So let me try to put these diverse remarks together and synthesize them. Yes, the authority of darkness refers to the satanic realm of darkness. In Colossians, the authority of darkness refers particularly to those things of religion, culture, and philosophy that have invaded our Christian life and church life, that replace Christ and that exercise control over our being instead of Christ. Therefore, to be delivered by God in his full salvation out of the authority of darkness is to be delivered not only from sin and evil and hateful things, immoral things. It is to be delivered also from anything, Hmm. no matter how good it may appear, that replaces Christ and rules over us instead of Christ. This is a real light. Strangely, Chris, to see what darkness is here involves a real light. And we desire very much on the Lord's behalf that all of God's children would be delivered as we look to the Lord to be delivered from anything and everything of philosophy, religion, and culture that replaces Christ and that rules us and controls us instead of Christ. According to the revelation in Colossians, we should be ruled, controlled, governed, and directed by the one whom Paul calls the Son of God's love in a realm of light. And in this realm, we enjoy not only the grace of God, but also the all-inclusiveness of Christ, a Christ who is everything and a Christ who is our life. And it is with this in view that we need to consider, as our dear brother has helped us to see, that the authority of darkness includes philosophy, religion, culture, And at the deepest level, anything that has its source in the self. In short, anything that replaces Christ. Any part of our being that is occupied by something other than Christ is under the authority of darkness. So we need the Christ who is everything in himself and in God's economy to become everything, not only to us, but in us. And only when that has happened will we have been fully delivered experientially from the authority of darkness. But we believe such a time is coming, and we look to the Lord that he will bless this faithful word concerning the authority of darkness versus the all-inclusive Christ, And that God's people, especially the seeking ones among God's people, will really be enlightened and delivered and begin to explore the Christ who is the centrality and universality of God's economy, that is, the Christ of Colossians. Ron, these
0: things are... uh... Not only are they not typically or easily associated with darkness, at least in a natural understanding, but they're very subtle. I was thinking as you were talking about this matter of culture, uh, of course, this can be a kind of ethnic thing, ethnic culture, where we may be very uh, proud and wrapped up in preserving our ethnic culture that could become a substitute, but even the kind of culture that may exist in our church life. Uh, A church can have a culture, can't it, that could be a substitute for Christ?
1: Not only is it possible, it actually is the case that we kind of form a way of living the Christian life or the church life that is not Christ living in us, but it's a kind of refined human life that tries very hard to follow certain precepts of the scriptures. And the effect of that is to build up the self and to replace Christ so this problem is universal. And I would say even more serious than the universality of the problem is that it's ignored. <laughs> yeah. That most believers are oblivious that living culture instead of Christ is a problem. Especially in this country, we're living in an age that some call, you know, the balkanization of society. We're advocating... Uh, a multicultural approach. Well, this may be very good and even enriching in social relations, but it is contrary to the revelation of the one new man in the book of Colossians. To anticipate what will be covered much later in these programs is that in the new man, there is no this and no that. There's just nobody but Christ. There's nothing but Christ. There's no culture. There's just Christ who was all and in all. And by no means do we want to participate in a kind of cultural war in which we point the finger and say, your culture is replacing Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not here to point the finger and be judges of others. Rather, we're here to minister the word and fellowship around the word and to be enlightened ourselves so that we ourselves may be delivered from having culture instead of Christ. Only then will there be the corporate expression of Christ on the earth in reality and practicality.
0: We've mentioned earlier on, unfortunately, we don't have Witness Lee recorded as a part of our program due to the poor audio quality of some of the early tapes in Colossians. I do have a paragraph, though, from his written life study message that I want to read you. I think it fits in right here. Many believers insist that the Bible is full of light. This, of course, is true. But if we do not read the Word in the Lord's presence, even our reading of the Scriptures will be in darkness. We shall be like the Pharisees addressed by the Lord Jesus in John five thirty nine and 40. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is these that testify concerning me, and you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. It is possible to have the Bible in our hand and yet still be blind and in darkness. The religionists were offended when Christ told them they were blind. They thought they were in light because they had the scriptures in an outward way, but actually they were blind because they did not have Christ, who alone is the light of the world. Any place where the Lord Jesus is not present is under the authority of darkness.
1: That is striking. That is striking and that is true and faithful. As we read the New Testament, we can't deny the obvious facts in the record that the religionists oppose the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Himself said in the verses that were quoted from John chapter 5, or at least referred to, You search the scriptures. Because in them you think you have eternal life, but you will not come to me that you may have life. Well, this religious blindness did not disappear, you know, after the end of the first century. This is an expression of our fallenness and of our natural life and so many other things in us contrary to Christ. So it's altogether possible, and lamentably, it's the actual situation, that we may read the Bible, which is a book of life, but not touch the Lord, who is life. And we may read the scriptures that are full of light, but we ourselves are in darkness, And to draw upon the Lord's word from Matthew 6, the light we may claim to see may actually be darkness. Mm. And to apply this to the present study of Colossians, how open has this book been to the Lord's people? How open is it today? Uh, How much have the Lord's children seen of Christ in this book? those who have written expositions of Colossians, those who have written commentaries on Colossians, intrigued by the error that crept into the church there and trying to figure out what it was. How many have really seen the Christ who's the centrality and the universality of God's economy? Some may read Colossians and have little interest in some of the marvelous utterances that Paul uses to unveil Christ. But when they get to the chapters about you know, wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives and slaves obeying their masters, and parents taking care of their children, oh, they appreciate this. That appreciation is an appreciation in darkness. That kind of thought is already in the minds of the readers And so that's what they respond to in the text. That, at least in part, proves our point. The Bible is light, but we may not be in light when we read the Bible. We ourselves may be in darkness, we may be veiled, we may be blind. In fact, that is the general condition. And so the more we read, the more blind we become because we read in darkness and we read and try to understand in our pitiful blindness instead of repenting before the Lord, turning our heart to the Lord, emptying out our spirit, being poor in spirit, and contacting the spirit of the word and seeing Christ in the word. We want to speak faithfully and honestly and even frankly about this matter. But we don't care to argue, to dispute. What's the benefit? If one is in darkness and someone else is in light, what is the point of dispute? What is needed is for the light to shine upon the one in darkness. When Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the believers, destroying the churches, who could reason with him? Who could argue with him? What would be the point? Mm Mm-hmm. God did not take that approach. The Lord shined on him and shattered his reasoning and showed him he really was blind and he became physically blind for a period of time. But then he really saw Christ. This is where we are today. And if we receive mercy from the Lord... If we would not go around saying how clear we are, how much we see, rather if we would be like blind Bartimaeus saying, Lord, that I may receive my sight, then we'll begin to appreciate not ethical expressions or what we would take as ethical expressions in Colossians. Rather, we would appreciate Christ. Let me just add this. It's in the form of a question. But you know, I don't mean that you necessarily answer it, but I like to address the question. To what extent do Christians today really care for Christ? What do Christians care about? What do they talk about? What do they argue about? What do they promote? All manner of things. Where is the Christ? Unveiled in Colossians. Where is this Christ proclaimed? Where is he experienced? Where is he expressed? So this Christ is in Colossians. But the authority of darkness must be smashed in our being. Then the Christ in Colossians will become the Christ in our experience. Hmm. There is no word to describe how precious even how life-changing this is.
0: Uh, You mentioned some of the rich expressions in this book. A couple of them I'd like you to talk about very briefly. Chapter 1, verse 15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation? Then just three verses later, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead that he himself might have the first place in all things. Compare these two firstborns here. This is interesting.
1: It is interesting, and the comparison brings to light the crucial point in Colossians. The firstborn of all creation means, and this will be explored more in a later program, that Christ has the first place, the preeminence in creation, Because in his humanity, as a creature, he is the first. Then in the church as the new creation, Christ in resurrection is the firstborn from among the dead. So both in creation and in the new creation, Christ is preeminent. Christ has the first place in all things. And this is the point of Colossians, that In all things, in all things, he might have the preeminence. This is God's view. God created the universe in Christ, through Christ, and unto Christ. The universe is held together by being in Christ. So in the universe, Christ is preeminent. In the church as the new creation, in a resurrection, Christ is preeminent. God's thought is that Christ would be first, Christ would be preeminent in all things. And the Christ who is first, the Christ who is preeminent, is the all-inclusive Christ, the Christ who is the centrality and universality of God's economy, the Christ who is the reality of all positive things. This is the Christ Mm. we see in this book. And this is the Christ, by the Lord's mercy and grace, we would minister to you. Ron, I uh, would like to close
0: the program today with another short portion from the printed life study. It's quite marvelous. We have seen that in the book of Colossians, Christ is the preeminent one and the all-inclusive one. He is the centrality and universality of God's economy. In Colossians, Paul uses a number of unique expressions to describe Christ, expressions that are not found elsewhere in the Scriptures. This indicates that in Colossians, we have the highest revelation of Christ found in the Bible. This book is like Mount Zion, the highest peak among the mountains. We appreciate this book because in a unique way, it presents Christ as the preeminent an all-inclusive one, the centrality and universality of God. This is some book. To which I say, Amen. Thank you, Brother Ron. You're welcome. We're out of time today. Uh, We've been able to read a couple of portions from the printed life study messages. We talk about it all the time, but this is, uh, uh, we'll take this unfortunate uh, circumstance and not having the audio tapes and turn them in, we hope, to a positive, being able to uh, give you a foretaste of uh, what the printed version is like. It is marvelous, and we would surely recommend it. You can contact us, find out about it, or give us your other comments or questions. Our toll-free number, one life study That's eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. 543 3788 Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, where you can send email to us to radio at lsm.org. And for Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Dear Lord, we give ourselves
1: to Thee. Receive us into Thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.